Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am the host, the Bear of Texas, and it is my honor and privilege to welcome the finest and smartest soccer fan in the entire state of Tennessee. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you the one and only Uncle Matt. What's going on, brother? Hey, I appreciate that. Uh, I don't know if I'd go as far as you did on that. we got a lot of good fans here, especially now that we've got our own uh, MLS club building things up here. But uh, yeah, happy to be on the show. Happy to join you. I've been enjoying listening to you since we've uh, kind of teamed up on the uh, Playmakers blog side of things. So fun to get to jump on and chat with you. Well, it's good to finally have you on, honestly. And I, I admire your work and I really appreciate your support. And yeah, it's good to see you know, our, t- our respective cities have uh, soccer clubs. And I think that finally MLS is at that point where it's finally time to take it very seriously. But I think what our focus today is that Manchester United has secured another great signing in a young player named Anthony. And it's, interestingly enough, I, I, sh- I should honestly say that Eric Ten Hag is pulling an old school Vince McMahon move because he's literally raiding Ajax and the Dutch League of its, of its players, just like Vince McMahon raided the territories when he took over back in 1982. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where it, 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 on the one side, you know, I'm a Manchester United fan, so I I like that it seems we're backing the manager in this regard, you know, because a lot of the signings in the post-Fergie era have clearly been just uh, glory signings, not necessarily players we needed, just trying to get in somebody that would be a big, splashy hit on social media, and now we're going for players that it seems the manager wants. So, I mean, it's good in that regard, but at the same time, it's like... Uh, Let's see if it works out, you know, because these are all, you know, Eredizzi players. We don't know if they'll make it in the Premier League yet or not. But, you know, Tin Hag knows his guys, so you'd hope he knows what he's doing with bringing those people in. So uh, I'm excited to see Anthony come in because he's definitely the type of player that Manchester United does not have right now. Uh, that pure right-sided player who can attack in 1v1s and is not just going to try to kind of come back inside and do sideways and backwards passes. So... I think he gives us United something they don't have, so it's exciting to see that in that regard. He he does, and honestly, and at first I said to myself, "This this move it's going to affect the future of the likes of Rashford, Martial, and Ronaldo," and we're still kind of they're still kind of stuck in that whole Ronaldo drama. But you know, I, I'm really starting to feel like it's becoming more and more clear that Ronaldo is not the club's future plans. And at this point, I'm just kind of like, you know, screw it, just release him, and that's it, be done with it. But, yeah, I, I would agree. You know, I've got a lot of respect for him. You know, he's a legend for the club. You know, it was, I was excited as anybody when he came back last season, but definitely seems, you know, the timing of him sort of trying to force his way out wasn't the best. And, you know, he had all summer to know that we weren't in Champions League, and all of a sudden he realized we weren't in Champions League football, and now he's kind of pushing his way out. But it's kind of telling how there hasn't been much interest outside of anybody trying to bring him in to them. So it looks like he's going to stick around and, you know, if. He does. He's a great option to have. He's great to have available if he buys in, if he's going to go to the – if he's going to have his little people leaking stuff out to sources that are going to just keep disrupting things. That's not great. But, you know, I like the attacking group they put together now with Anthony because he gives us a little balance on the right. Ronaldo can be kind of the traditional nine that they don't really have outside of him. Uh, and then you've got Martial when he's healthy. Rashford can play through the middle. Sancho can kind of flip to the left and right. It, it, it's a lot better looking than it looked like a month ago, so – in that regard it's good but i would like to see them find a way to get ronaldo off but i don't think they can get anybody else in this late in the window to kind of replace not necessarily his 
role, but just at this point you need two players at every position in the Premier League with the way the season's going to play out with the World Cup break and everything like that. So you got to have players. That's That seems to be the biggest thing every team is kind of looking at is you need two players at every position because you're going to have injuries. You're going to have players that get uh, hurt coming out of the World Cup, hurt going into the World Cup. So it seems that teams are a lot less reluctant to let players they don't necessarily need go just because they know they're going to need those players. The whole situation is just so difficult, but I have to remind everybody that the, the World Cup taking place at the unusual time, it has nothing to do with the previous, uh, you know, pandemic. It's because of the fact that Qatar in the summertime is, the heat there is just so badly unbearable. I mean, here I am in Texas always complaining about the brutal summers. I mean, I, sh- I should actually think, I mean, it's, it's actually worse out there, but, but yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. And, and with Manchester United, I mean, the, the post-Fergie era has just been... It, it's been it's been just so tough. I mean, managers like that just not doing things correctly in, in some ways or things just not working out. But overall, I think it, it starts out with the ownership, the Glazers. And some people believe that, of course, right now the Glazers are making these op- these decisions. But then as soon as the pressure and the heat's off, they're going to go back to what they were. And I'm like, I think the fans are kind of at that point now. They're, they're, they're going to make sure that, that that doesn't happen. But I got to be honest, you know, Manchester United is making these moves and they're bringing in these young players. And at first, people were kind of critical because Eric Ten Hag was bringing players, you know, that he likes. It's not so much players that he likes, it's players that he knows. He's scouted them, like, he knows their style. So he's basically he's utilizing experience and knowledge. He's kind of taking that directive approach, and that, that's the approach. And he's taking risks. He's basically doing his job. He's basically doing what's best for business. It's not what's in the best interest for the fans. He knows those players will work. He knows he can build them, he can groom them for the future, and he feels that a move to the Premier League is the way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, that's that's 100%. I'd rather have that than what we've seen from United in the recent years where it's weird. Donny Van de Beek, who you know, was a former Tin Hog player, he's the perfect... I think Ed Woodward, the previous chief executive for Manchester United, saw that Real Madrid, Barcelona, some of the top teams were sniffing around Donny Van de Beek, and he said... This is a player we should go sign because everybody else seems like they want to sign him. Brought him in, and it was clear Solskjaer had no intention of bringing him into the team, had no intention of using him. Donnie Van Beek became like a player who played like five minutes at a time, if that, in matches, and ultimately went on an unsuccessful at the end of last season. And he's, he's one of those players, it's kind of sad for him because he definitely had talent when he was at Ajax, but it feels like he's kind of missed some of his development now and he's kind of uh, behind the track now but he clearly wasn't a player Solskjaer wanted to be brought in because Solskjaer just never used him so but now we're seeing as you mentioned they're bringing in players that Ten Hag wants Ten Hag intends to use so in, if it all works out it should work out a lot better in that regard because you want the manager's vision that is put on the field. I agree and as far as Donny Vanderby goes I think Eric Ten Hag definitely has him in the plans but I think basically Ten Hag basically sat him down and said look you're not going to start immediately. You're not going to get that much playing time yet, but you're going to train. And when the time is right, you'll be you'll be on that. And the fact that he's bringing in all these other players that Donny Van de Beek knows, it, it's pretty obvious that it's all part of a plan. And, you know, going back, we, we kind of went off topic a little bit, but, you know, speaking of our player, Anthony, you know, another player that's very familiar, you know, with, with some of the other players. So, you know, and, and, re, and reuniting with, uh, with Ten Hoff, I mean, that's got to be huge for Anthony. And, you know, the motivation goes like that, so... You know, so and I'd imagine Anthony is actually not going to be playing tomorrow against Leicester City. I'd imagine, I would, I would imagine he's definitely going to have to be playing against Arsenal. I, I wouldn't, I, I don't think he, he would start, but 
But the whole thing with Anthony, I mean, Ajax rejected at least, I think it was two, at least two offers for Manchester United. And I said to myself, mark my words, Eric Ten Hag will not stop. I mean, Ten Hag is going to, he's going to pressure the owners to doing what he wants. Because, you know, at the same time, if you brought him in to manage, whatever he needs, you got to you gotta do it. Like you, If you want to build the winning team. And this whole thing, like, three days ago, when the ultimate source, Fabrizio Romano, when he actually said, here we go, I'm just like, okay, well, that fully confirms it. Because I, I, I think you might agree, but when it comes to these moves like that, these rumors, whatever, if Fabrizio Romano does not say anything about it, it's, it's, not, it's not true. He's the guy who's, I take his word over anybody else's. He's the ultimate source. In other words, he's the man. Transfers. He, he's the guy because for years in soccer, soccer was just the, they, they call it the silly season because there's rumors galore of who's going to what team, who's signing where. And for a long time, there was no like clear way to like find the sources. There was ones if you, if they kept coming out, you started to think, okay, well, there's for whatever, like he's like uh, in America, we've got like, you know, Woj in basketball and we've got uh, Rappaport and Schefter in football. He's that <laughs> in world soccer now where if he says it, you know, he's, he's not putting out anything unless he has concrete information. Whereas like some of these other websites, you know, tabloids would put out. Basically, he's not doing it for the attention. He's doing, he's doing so, his job. Fabrizio says it, it it's. Yeah, it's true. If he says it, you know it to be true. That's why, like, I, I still have friends that will, like, send me, like, links to, like, rumors of, like, oh, uh, Pulisic is going to United. I'm like, don't send it to me. Don't <laughs> says it. I, that, this was between you and me because I think not long ago I sent you a, a link from Gold.com that strongly insisted that Chelsea wanted to send Pulisic to Old Trafford. And who did they want in exchange? Harry Maguire. Oh, like, what in the hell is that? I mean, if it was, I mean, this is, it, it, it hasn't even been talked about since. So we, we all know it was not true. And I would imagine if somebody would have started such a rumor like this, they would lose their job over that. Because why in the hell would Chelsea want to do that? I mean, I, I don't want to disrespect Maguire, but, I mean, but, but, but that, that's besides the point. But, you know, Fabrizio Romano, I mean, Fabrizio, yeah, Fabrizio didn't even say, he didn't even say anything about that. I was like, he didn't even yeah. say anything about it. So, so I basically, I was basically waiting for him to say, uh, as far as Pulisic and Maguire goes, I have nothing about it. So he would have confirmed that it was not true. But, uh, but, but Fabrizio, I mean, three days ago, he tweets out saying that you know the agreements in principle, the, the, the contracts were being prepared, and then, and then the next day, he he basically provides an update that Manchester United are. are preparing the medical test, the contracts have been approved and everything, so now they just need to sign. And I think, uh, I don't know if it was earlier today, it was actually yesterday, he, he said it's a done deal, it's fully confirmed, and then at the end, he, his words, here we go, confirmed. Yep. Fabrizio just being Fabrizio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my theory on the Maguire one was, I think that was him kind of leaking stuff out, like, oh, we might have other options. There might be another center back we might go for if uh, Lester doesn't want to budge. Agents and teams in football seem to do that if they want to, like, loosen up the purse strings a little bit sometimes. They're like, well, you won't sell us mostly for fun, though. We've got another option. But if I was Lester, I'd be like, really? You want to go get Harry Maguire over mostly for fun? Okay, go for it. I mean, actually, as, as, as a matter of fact, I, I think it's, the deal's been uh, – I think the move has actually been completed. Although I mean Chelsea's cleaning is just cleaning house. I mean 
sold you know Timo Werner on a permanent on a permanent deal to uh, RP mm. Leipzig. Romelu Lukaku's been loaned back to Inter Milan. Some of the some of these players have been released. I mean, they're just clearing house and mm-hmm. yeah. But anyway, so um, so so now that the whole thing is, deal is signed with Anthony, I, so I, I think right now, uh, so the the deal is signed. And everything I, I'd imagine they haven't introduced him yet. I think usually they introduce a player once the the visa and the work permit uh, process is completed, and then the medical exa- medical test, everything is done, and obviously when the contract signed. So I would imagine that the introduction to uh, of Anthony is, is definitely going to have to be sometime. I would say between Wednesday, between tomorrow and Friday. I would imagine it's probably going to be on Thursday if they plan on having him play against Arsenal. Yeah, that, that's everything I've read so far is that it's just the final kind of visa stuff. And there's also like uh, the Premier League has rules about when you can register a player and have them available for a match. So it's definitely too late for the match tomorrow, obviously. But they're from everything I've seen, they're hopeful they'll be available for Arsenal on Sunday. So fingers crossed as a United fan. Yeah, so that that's that's why I should ask you if he's if he is available for Arsenal, do you start him or do you put do you put him um, on the do you, do you have him as a substitute? Uh, I I wouldn't expect Ten Hag to start him just because he kind of had started to sit out of training for Ajax from all the reports to kind of force the move through, so he's uh, not been up to speed. I I would also say a lot depends on the uh, Leicester match tomorrow, uh, how that goes. Uh, Casemiro came in. He was available for the uh, previous match against Southampton, but uh, Ten Hag was happy with enough of what he'd seen against Liverpool to give Casemiro an extra time to get settled in, to get ready to go. So uh, my expectation would be if we play well against uh, Leicester tomorrow, uh, he won't rush Anthony in. He'll give him time to kind of get into training, get acclimated, work him in slowly. But, you know, if, if, you know, United takes a step back and, looks more like the United that played Brentford a few weeks ago, he might uh, expedite his plans and when he wants to get Anthony into the team. I mean, that game against Arsenal is going to be a... It's going to be tough. I mean, Ar- Arsenal is looking at, like, the Arsenal we saw in the early 2000s, the, the old-school mm-hmm. Arsenal, but... I mean, the, ga- the game is at, Old Traf- is at Old Trafford, so Manchester United is under tremendous pressure, and everybody's saying that, you know, we all thought the same thing about Liverpool. I mean, I-, I said what I said about that game. I thought Liverpool would destroy them, and we didn't see that, but... Be honest, Arsenal is not right now. They're not Liverpool, and that's and that's not even in a bad way. Arsenal right now looks to be the better team than Liverpool. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, I think we've hit one of those Premier League seasons where some of the top teams they're going to have to start turning their team over a little bit. Liverpool is one of those teams where the midfield looks a little thin. Virgil Van Dijk doesn't quite look like the best defender in the world that he was when they first brought him in and he turned him into a title contender. There's cracks starting to form in that Liverpool team. They still got great attackers. I mean, Mo Salah is going to be one of the best of the league every season. Nunez, if he cannot stay on the field, has already shown that he can score goals in the Premier League. Uh, Diaz, uh, their new boy from uh, Fulham, Carl, I believe his name. They, they brought in some attacking, yes, they brought in some attacking players that will keep their attacking threat going, but the midfield is, it's showing its age, the central defenders, maybe not what they were two years ago. I've never been the biggest person on Alexander Arnold. He's a great attacking fullback, but when he's asked to actually do the defensive work, when he doesn't have as much help from 
his center backs when he doesn't have as much help from his central defensive midfield. He, he's been caught out a few times. He was in the, you know, Champions League final against Real Madrid. He was one of the players that was standing there looking around like, who was supposed to pick that man up? You know, he's he's great attacking. He might be the best attacking right back in the world, but you got to play defense too as a right back sometimes. I think any soccer player, you have to you have to know how to play defense and offense. And and I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, yeah, I mean, Vinny Jr. on on that scoring play, the way I described it, snuck through the back door because. At first, when Real Madrid was building up that attack, and then Federico Valverde was kind of handling the ball, and then the entire Liverpool defense was just heavily marking the, the ball, the ball dribblers. And Vinny Jr. just literally snuck right back there, and then got right back to Trent Alexander-Arnold, and, Fed- and Valverde makes the last second pass, and and then boom. I mean, I mean, I have some very close friends that are Liverpool fans, but you know, I mean, they won't disagree with that. But you know, of course, one of my friends who's a Manchester City fan kind of, kind of, kindly tells me that that that's saying, well, that's Trent Alexander-Arnold for you, especially when it's one on one. I mean, I get it; it's it's a team effort, but sometimes, but you can't just rely on your teammates to do your work for you. But yeah, you know, Liverpool. It, it, I'll be that's honest. One of the funny things I always. Oh, that's just one of the funny things I always like. I coached high school soccer for a number of years, and one of our biggest problems with high school soccer players is you see that at the highest levels, and you're like, well, we can't really get mad at our players at the low levels when, like, you've got the best right back in the world. Everybody, everybody's going to make their mistakes, so it's, you know, it, it is what it is, and I'll be honest, even though I don't technically have an official favorite club in the, in the EPL, I mean, you know, seeing our Liverpool now beginning to fade, it's kind of like, well... It was fun while it lasted because, you know, Liverpool kind of, you know, had their dominant years. I mean, I, I still think they can still be a, a decent team moving forward. But but as far as uh, them, you know, I, I think in the near future, they might still be considered contenders for the Champions League. But as far as actually being a serious contender and winning it, I I don't know. I mean, if, if they can if they can resolve their issues quickly with their defense in the midfield, then, then no doubt. But... It's just not that easy because they spent so many years you know, building these teams, and that means you got to start over. So, the process is not going to be too kind. But, but of course, that that brings in how Manchester City is like you know like that now that they have Erling Holland. But as far as Manchester City goes, even if they win the, even if they win it all, I mean, all, all I have to say to Manchester City is, is is quite simply put is what the hell took you guys so long? Over five years you chased the title and you you get Erling Holland and that's what what it finally took for you guys to win it. I mean, I would honestly say you're really not that much different than Paris Saint-Germain. The only difference is you you guys actually want it. The PSG situation would be more embarrassing. But as far as uh, Manchester United goes, uh, being in the Europa League, you know, they're just lucky to be competing for anything at all this season. Because I kind of said, even if they weren't the Europa League, they wouldn't. then it's rightfully so. Because they, they're not good enough to compete for anything, if you ask me. Or at least after last season. Absolutely, I would agree. And I think... Uh... One of the few bright spots of the uh, Ralph Ragnick era was that he told it like it was. He stripped everything down. He wasn't, you know, trying to be the, you know, I love Solskjaer. You know, he's a club legend. I will always hold him in hard yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've got the Champions League 99 Solskjaer jersey in my closet. So I will, uh, you know, I'll never hold anything he did against him. But I think he was just happy to have the job. He would just keep smiling, trying to put a happy face on whatever was happening. But, you know, Ralph Ragnick came in. He told it like it was. He said, this club is not good enough to do what they want to do. They need 10 players out. They need to put 10 players in. 
they need to revolutionize and change everything. And they got out of, they got him out of there as soon as he started talking. But yeah, he uh, he told the truth. You know that the the team is not in a position to uh, really compete the way they want to compete. And I think Tim Hogg has come in and he's kind of he said similar things. You know, he's he said today he said he doesn't expect any more transfers coming in. He thinks the squad they have is the base level of what they need to be starting the project. But he's definitely setting expectations. He's not coming in saying, we're going to win the title. We're going to go for championships. We're going to go for trophies. He's saying, you know, we've started the project. This is the base level squad we need to get going. There will be more players coming in. There will be more players going out. But for now, this is the squad we have. This is what we're going with. So, you know, and I think that the, the supporters seem to like him. So I think they're going to give him the chance. You know that Brentford result that was yeah, that's that was humiliating. That was that was a, that was an early test of like how quickly will people start to like look the other way and start to turn. But it seems I think everybody's going to give him the shot. Give these now that the kind of squad settled, the transfer window is coming to an end. We'll see what the temperature is come January. You know, because things have turned around, things have gone well the last couple of weeks. I mean. Beating Liverpool, that's going to give you a whole bunch of brownie points. That's going to give you a lot of credibility right out of the gate. But there's a lot of football left to play yet in the season. It's, it's so early. That's I think if there's one thing we know about this season so far, we don't know anything. We don't know anything now. But you know, uh, you know, with Manchester United, uh, so like so far, I mean, I, I would hope that the attack could actually improve because I think the the, the inability to score is still a major issue. So I, I would imagine like. Yes, if you have Sancho on one side, then you got Bruno Fernandez in the middle, and then you have uh, Anthony on the other side. You know, there's definitely huge potential right there. And then he asked, but who who's in front as the lone striker? You know, as far as Marcus Rashford goes, it, it, it's incredibly sad how you know all that potential, and he's just he's just regressed and regressed and regressed. You know, he's still you know he's 25, I believe, if I'm correct. He's still at that age. He can still do something, but. If he's to resurrect, it's got to be quick. Like they got to, they, they, they got to do it now. There's no time to waste. I mean, there never was any time to waste, but now at this point, it, it's more critical than ever. They got if, if they're gonna, if they're gonna re- resurrect the guy's career re- like that, it's got to be now. Absolutely, and I I think there's a good chance for it. I think there's a. Uh, I was a little bit low on him at the start of the season because he seemed to be one of the players that were still not kind of buying in. At least it seemed like for. A certain degree but to me he's he, he's we've seen throughout his career he's got the talent to do it and maybe i think what has hurt him more than anything has been the change of managers Definitely. he's ended up having changed his role like when he first came to the team he was a striker then he became a left winger then he became a right winger and he's been moved around i i he, he hasn't quite got to that level yet but i he reminds me of what happened with like wayne rooney where rooney was not only supposed to be the savior of Manchester United, but the savior of England played so many games, so many minutes before he was even, you know, 20, like Rooney. That's what people talk about with Rooney is that he, he's retired and he's a coach now, but he's younger than Ronaldo, but he played so many minutes, so many games, had so much put on his shoulders at such a young age that it kind of wore him down a lot earlier. And that's what I see with Rashford a little bit, whereas he broke into the team if you if you go back to when Rashford came to the team, his debut was not something that was planned. He was it was not a uh, scheduled thing where he was groomed and brought up. United had 
I believe, three or four of their first-team strikers all injured, all out for a match. We had a Europa League match, and he was basically brought into the team because he was the next best option that they had, and then he scored. And it was like, oh, this young kid's got a chance. And we had a match against Arsenal that weekend, and he scored against Arsenal again. It's like, it just keeps going, keeps going, let's keep going. So he kind of got thrown into the fire. He didn't kind of follow the natural progression, the natural, you know, plan. He kind of got thrown into the fire and then never looked back. And I think that's kind of hurt him a little bit, that he didn't get the full development, the full progression, the full chance to grow and find his role. And that he's had a new manager every two years can't help either. But I, I still think he's got the talent. We've seen it. It's just we saw it against Liverpool. If, if he gets his chance, if he knows his role, if he's given the chance to perform, if the manager gives him clear instructions – I think he's still got a chance to be a really great player. See, everything you just said is exactly what a lot of Manchester United fans could not understand. I, I get it. Rash, Rashford, obviously, he's, he's not perfect, but you know, that's the problem. You, you thrust him in, 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 into the fire. He can fight it for a time. You put him. You, you put more and more pressure on the dude's shoulders. I mean, it, it's tough. I mean, every manager has different tactics. So I really believe that... Ted Ha is definitely has definitely sat down and worked with him, and he's probably gonna say, "Look, I know what you've been through. We're gonna make things right." And I, I, that, that's how I feel with Eric Ten Ha. He does say it like it is, but he doesn't lose confidence in his players. He's just basically telling them, "Hey, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you need to work on." That's what a manager is supposed to do. Yeah, absolutely. And to circle back, uh, if Anthony comes in and he does what he's supposed to do, I think that's gonna help Rashford as well because Rashford, the attacker. So if Anthony can come in and be that right-sided attacker that they need, that frees Rashford to play in his more comfortable positions on the left, on the right. Sancho as well. Sancho is certainly more comfortable on the left than he is on the right. So getting a player like Anthony, who's that's his natural position as the right side, it lets our players like Rashford, Sancho, even Martial when he's fit, be in their more comfortable roles and hopefully kind of feel like we have to do things we're not comfortable doing, which is so systematic that being comfortable is so important to these players. It's clearly obvious, too, that Ten Hag is actually sitting down and working with his players. He's You can just tell he's building the formations and the tactics, and he's and he's got his players with him. But he, they, that's all part of the team. There's nothing wrong with a manager. I always say this. I, I always say this with conviction. There's nothing wrong with a manager asking his players for help in forming the tactics because... Everybody needs to understand, like, and say, okay, well, I know this will work because I'm good at this, and I know that he can, like, that. It's it's teamwork. You you, it's all done together. So that's why I'm like, so if a manager asks if his players if if, if they think this will work, if they're comfortable with it, it's a good thing because you need your, you need your players to be, all be on the same page. And for that to be on the same page, they got to be kind of be comfortable with their role. They have to understand it, of of course, but it, it's got to be like they got to have that confidence. Like you got to put them in a position where they're comfortable, so they can have that confidence. If they have that confidence, they got that motivation. So, and that's the case with, with Anthony because, you know, he's back you know, with Eric Ten Hag and as far as what I understand, they have a great relationship. And, you know, right now Manchester United is really becoming a... Is, is, I mean, they have the potential more than ever with all that talent. I mean, you know, getting Ericsson, you know, like that, I mean, that actually was pretty amazing. And then when I saw the story about how when Ericsson was recovering from that cardiac incident... Eric Ten Hag actually invited him to the Ajax training ground, so Eric Ten Hag kind of helped him get back on his feet. So, so it it, it it's only fitting that now he's they're, they're now working together again. Yeah, he he's a uh, he's a, it's it's a 
incredible story that he's still playing at this point in time. I remember watching the Euros and just like that was like an awful moment. Like I was just calling people who I don't even know that like don't even follow soccer, like talking to them like this is crazy. I can't believe what's happening right now. But he was on live TV. It's 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 something. Yeah. It's something that you know you're gonna you're, you're gonna be rem- you're gonna remember it. Absolutely. And I mean, his recovery has been incredible. Like, and you know, I don't think he's the role he's playing for United right now is exactly so season. Uh, and it's kind of, I think it's his role is, I think, what Ten Hag had hoped would be Frankie de Jong, but you know, obviously de Jong clearly did not want to leave Barcelona, clearly he was going to do everything he could to stay there. And, you know, if your next choice in line from Frankie de Jong is Eric, uh, or is, uh, Erickson, that's that's you know, that's a pretty good step down. I would take that over, you know. I mean, you go you go with a player, you're going with a player with, with the experience. Yes, yeah. I mean, exactly. De Jong's experience is there, but I mean, you compare them to Erickson. I mean, the, the the choice is clearly obvious. I mean, Erickson, people like because people need to be reminded. I mean, he's a long time Tottenham. He was with Tottenham for so long. He was with Tottenham mm-hmm. when they went to the Champions League. Even though people still, I mean, a lot of fans don't want to give Tottenham the credit. I mean, I get it, the whole thing with Raheem Sterling, you know, that goal that you know, that was taken away. But you know, look, Tottenham, Tottenham made it. I mean, they that Champions League final in 2019 was clearly hard to watch because it really wasn't fun. But mm-hmm. you know, he bottom line is he was part of that team that made it to the final, so he has great experience in the Premier League. So I think you're playing it not only safer with Christian Eriksen, you're, you're kind of playing it smarter too. Because you're, you're a player, who, again, who's familiar because the Premier League is a tough competitive environment. And, and Ericsson is, is fully familiar with it. Yeah, I've, I've compared it to uh, bringing him in to when we signed uh, Juan Mata. Only the difference in this situation is we've got knows how to use him. Moyes, we just brought in Juan Mata because it was like a high-profile sign. It's like, oh, we need to make a big splash right now because we're – Playing terribly, let's sign Juan Mata, and then we put Juan Mata on the right wing because that's obviously where Juan Mata should play as a right winger. But we've got a manager who knows how to use players. We've got a manager who knows what he wants out of his team. So he said, you know, we don't have the player I want that position. Erickson can play that position. This is the player I can utilize. He brought a veteran player, as you mentioned, who knows the league, knows how to play. He's come in. He's done what he needs to do. Is he a player that's going to be a key player that gets United back to being a Champions level team? Probably not, but he makes us better. That and that's the same thing as a lot of the signings that we've had this season. Is I don't think anybody's going to push in the top of the table, but they're going to right the ship. They're the players that are going to really fix Manchester United as we go. I, I I think so. Yeah, I really do. And moving forward, you know. Um, Everybody's kind of asking me at this point, because you know, I really believe that when when I saw the the starting lineup for uh, Manchester United against Liverpool, yeah, I'll be honest, I was actually very surprised that both Ronaldo and uh, Maguire were both on the bench. But then, but then I kind of after they won and how they played, how just so t- how resilient and hardworking they were the whole time. Part of me believes that Ellington Ha took a big chance in basically keeping two egos off off the starting lineup. I mean. Some people might say Harry Maguire has no ego. I mean, look, Harry Maguire has not played well, and you know, like like that. So I mean, honestly, at this point, Maguire probably the captain ranks should not go to him for the rest of the season. I think he should stay on the bench for most of the time because look, he's had all of his chances. We've not gotten it's not gotten anywhere positive. 
and I and I don't mean any, and I don't mean any disrespect whatsoever. I mean at the end of the day, look, it is what it is. So I think at this point, you you, you got to keep Aguirre. Uh, I mean, you could probably bring him in if Manchester United is up like three to zero with like five minutes left. I, mean, I guess you can bring him in then. I mean, <laughs> I guess you can just just to, you know give him a little bit of pride, but. But, you know, Alex Ted Hawk is really like, you know, how you even said to Maguire, just because you're the captain doesn't mean you're sure to spot. I mean, I mean, you could just tell Eric Ten Hawk is really kind of saying, this is my team, not, not yours. Like, I'm in charge, not you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I almost kind of, it's one of those things, I, I don't think it's probably true, but it, it kind of makes you wonder, like, the first two matches, he basically picked the same type of teams that, Solshire and Ragnick had picked, and you almost makes you wonder if he was almost like throwing those players out there to throw them to the wolves and be like, I'm going to show the world that you guys aren't the right choices. And then when I make the changes I want to make, nobody's going to like doubt me after that. Because, you know, Maguire, for whatever, you know, fans have thought, whatever pundits have thought, pretty much everybody has said he's not been up to the level that he needs to be for Manchester United. That's well, an understatement right there. Line up. Yeah, exactly, and he's just kept being in there. So it's almost like I'll throw him to the Wolves the first two matches. He's going to prove he's not there, and then I'll make the changes that I want to make, and things will come good. I also wonder, like, how much was he affected by, like, they're trying to maintain his fitness. they got a spe- specific schedule for him, a specific regimen for him to try to manage him. And then Lindelof also was hurt at the start of the season, so kind of McGuire maybe had to come into those first two games. So it, it's been a whole mixed bag of things, but at the end, it, it, it as you mentioned, it showed once we got the players we want in, once they got McGuire out, things worked a lot better. I think there's a scenario where Harry McGuire is still a good player. I mean, we, we know from the Euros last year, he can play right, but he has to have everything perfect around him for him to be a playwright. Yeah, I mean, he, he, and, he can't do it all by himself. I mean, again, yeah. that's why, I mean, no disrespect. I mean, as bad as he is, it's not entirely on him. But yeah, you're right. I mean, bringing the Euros like that. And, and honestly, the best thing to do, if Manchester United could loan out Harry Maguire to another club, like if, if they could lower him to like, to like the league, to like the uh, the English uh, football, uh, the English football championship with the second tier, if they could work out a loan and loan him to another club, I think that would actually be good because if, if he can play, get playing time there because I know he wants to play, so I would be like, well, if you want to be at Manchester United, you're gonna have to accept the fact you're you're gonna be on the bench. If if he really begs, you know, they wants to play, and since they they knows that he at Man U is not, it, it, they know they can't go back. I'm like, well, we're gonna have to loan you, and I think I think loaning him is the way to do it. I think in almost any other season, he would probably have been, you know, moved on. They they would have found a, a move for him. But I think because all the it's what we see in the transfer window, all the teams know they have to keep as many bodies as possible in their squad as possible. They're keeping everybody in they can because of the World Cup break in the winter. Because of they don't know what they're going to have. Who's going to come out of that World Cup break hurt? Who are they going to have available come January? everybody's hanging on to players a lot more. Like, Manchester United still has Phil Jones. Phil Jones is still <laughs> Manchester United somehow. Like, I, I, that's half because I think nobody wants to buy a guy who can play two games a year without getting hurt. But I also think it's just, like, teams are a lot less uh, hesitant to let players go without knowing they're getting something in return. Like, uh, there was reports today that Manchester United – was interested in bringing Sergino Dest over from Barcelona to play right back. 
but they couldn't guarantee that Wanda Saka would go. They couldn't guarantee the games. They were just kind of like, we need to make sure we still have two right backs. So one way or the other, we can't make the move. Let's just stay what we got for right now. So it's, it's a weird, like we talked about earlier, the World Cup being in the winter is disrupting a lot of things in terms of squad movement. Because you, if you're, if you don't want your, if your captain is not going to be a, in your starting lineup, he should probably go just because it's going to be a weird thing to have somebody who used to be your captain just kind of hang around in the locker room, not being a part of the regular team. But at the same time, you know, Veron might get injured. Martinez might get injured. Uh, Lindelof is just now coming back from being injured. So you have to have Harry Maguire there just to be able to play if he needs to play. And you don't want to just cast him off and then be stuck with, having to pull somebody up from the academy who's never played at the first team level. Exactly, exactly. That's just the way I see it. So, so uh, as we uh, begin to wrap it up, um, moving forward, uh, how do you believe that the exp- the um, the investment with Ant- Anthony is going to work out? Or how do you see it going? I mean, I think he's a player that United needs. He's a different type of player than anything they have in their squad. So he'll give them a new dynamic. You know, it's hard to see that he would make a huge difference in terms of like pushing them up to be a championship contender. But I think he will definitely help them to kind of keep in the mix for maybe a champions league spot. Uh, I think their bigger issues are still in the midfield. They got Casemiro in, which is huge. He's going to be able to like, you know, he's, he's the, for years, they haven't had a true great defensive midfielder since, Roy Keane. Uh, Michael Carrick was solid for years, but he was a different type of player. You know, they had players around him who made it work. They still need a central midfielder who can kind of help them in control the game. But Anthony is the type of player that can, like, break defenses down. Like, I, when I watch... Uh, I had Manchester City on this whole time that we've been talking, watching the <laughs> uh, Forest... The way they have players that will go around the end and just break to the line and try to break into the box. United don't have those players right now. Rashford used to be that type of player, but for whatever reason, he's gotten gun-shy and he just wants to hold the ball, do a couple step-overs with the person in front and then kick a pass backwards. Anthony will attack. He will the way Manchester United fans want him to attack. I think he might actually motivate Rashford to attack again. Exactly, because he's going to be the type of player that might put uh, Rashford on the bench. He's the type of player that might see Martial lose his spot. You know, that's one of the things that used to happen in the Ferg year was Fergie would sign players that United didn't necessarily need, but it put a little extra pressure on those players who were already on the team. Like, oh, we're signing a striker. I've, I scored 30 goals last year. I got to score 40 goals this year because we signed a new striker who's coming from my spot. So. That's one of the things, like, uh, I watched the first 10 odd games, and I thought, like, I was having flashbacks to the LBG era, where LBG's teams had 70% possession, they just maintained the ball, we kept it, we moved around, we moved around, moved around, but we never opened the box. Anthony is the type of player who will go into the box, who will try to create present, who will try to create attacks, who will try to find passes, and I think that's the biggest difference he brings. Will he score goals? You know, will he create chances? To be determined because he's never played in the Premier League before, so we'll see how that works. But he will try things, and that is 
something a lot of United players aren't doing right now. They're not trying things. They're just like comfortable to just like keep the passes going. Exactly. That that was the problem. Like they they don't want to work. They were lazy, lazy, unmotivated, passionate list. And, and as I said, which I'm really. Yeah. So I'd say, man, what audacity! Because I said they had no respect for the game. I mean, come on, it was obvious. You don't try. You, right. you don't have any of those qualities. You have no respect for the game. It, it's that obvious. I mean, what 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 do, what do they want me to say? <laughs> Just to say, take it easy on them? No. When, all all those players, all that expensive talent, and this is what you get? No, absolutely not. So you know, and and now I see, like you know, last thing I want to say before I give a message from my sponsors is, you know, you got the potential with Sancho, Fernandez. And Anthony, I mean, you got a you got a, a stable like right there. Mm-hmm. Pro, it's a pro wrestling term for those people that don't know. Yeah, you got a stable right there. Just like uh, I say at Real Madrid, the four horsemen. Yeah, except three. there's three of them. Well, if you bring yeah, if, if, if you had if you had uh, Donny Van de Beek in the future and he's doing good, then you got the four horsemen of Let's Manchester go. United. But yeah, that's pretty much all I, I got to say. But uh, it, it, before I give the message from my sponsors and close this out, do you have anything else you want to say, sir? No, I thank you for having me on. It's been a, a lot of fun chatting with you. And like you said, the stuff you said, calling out United about how they didn't have the passion, that is exactly what every United fan needed to hear. That is what the United team needed to hear because that's what it was. I mean, it was just like the talent is there. There's no – Marcus Rashford is probably one of the most talented players in the world. But he has not played that way this season. Sancho, same. So – you're doing the good work, calling out the players. He just has right he has not been able to perform to the best of his ability. But you know, there's been some issues. But you know, like that, and I had to call him out. And I, and I hope they, if they did hear me, they keep playing well. Well, then you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'd like to remind everybody that Into the NFC is proudly brought to you by Fanatics, and Fanatics is your number one place for fan apparel. They offer over five hundred thousand items from all the top brands in the world world excuse me from the nfl nba mlb nhl as well as mls and the european soccer scene so if you're looking to shop at fanatics just use the link in the description you can take advantage of some of the best deals in the world and get your best merch you can and for right now for all you pro wrestling fans out there wweshop.com is actually part of the fanatics experience so if you're looking to get your pro wrestling merch just use this link in the description get your pro wrestling merch and again take advantage of the best deals and also, Internet FC is also proudly brought to you by Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus allows you to stream the Champions League, the Europa League, and the Europa Conference League. Plans start at just $4.99 per month. You can even cancel at any time. If you sub- subscribe now, you can even get a free trial. So if you're looking to sign up, just find the link in the description, start setting up your account, start binge watching your favorite shows and some soccer immediately. And I'd like to also remind everybody that Into the Net FC is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Matt, thank you again for joining me. I cannot wait to have you back on soon. Thank you, sir. We'll see you next time.